Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Verses 1 through 6, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with a fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory, somebody say the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I want to talk for a moment. We're not going to have a sermon series for the month of June, but I just want to get some stuff off my chest this month. And uh, so we're going to talk about the answering of unanswered prayers. The answering of unanswered prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you hear us when we pray and that you always come through. Teach us to wait on you and teach us that it's all about your glory. In Jesus' great, mighty, and matchless name, amen, 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 amen. and amen. amen. Touch your neighbor on your way down to your seat and say, God's going to answer. He will answer. He will answer. That's one thing I know about it. He will answer. If you need a half sheet, just simply raise your hand. Simply raise your hand. Bulletins for the month of June should be found in the pocket and the seat in front of you. That is the new bulletin for the month of June. Let me just get a couple of announcements out. This Wednesday, someone say this Wednesday. This Wednesday is our last, is, is, this is our last uh, spring life group uh, night. Uh, so come on out this Wednesday, even if you haven't been out all Wednesday, all semester long, come on out this Wednesday for the very last one. Um, and then we will uh, take a break for the summer. Uh, you know, I've learned not to try to compete with y'all and summer vacations. And so what good is it to come here and three of us show up while everybody else is traveling the country? And so we're just going to take a break for the summer and we're going to come back. We're going to come back in September. It's going to be a September to remember. Amen. And um, we're going to come back in September because we have some exciting things, some exciting things. And more information will be coming about that when we're coming back in the month of September with some great things that you do not want to miss out on. 
Uh, this Friday, for those of you who can and will, I'll be preaching at uh, the New St. Paul Tabernacle Church of God in Christ for uh, a jurisdictional youth night for their SIM conference, Sunday school, youth, and music. I'll be talking to the youth, to the youths. <laughs> I'll be preaching to the youth on to the youth on Friday night. That's this Friday at 7 p.m. Um, please, uh, the information is in the trailer. Oh, it's right there. Uh, got me next to some great men of God who I greatly admire. Um, but let's preach the word of God. Amen. Amen. You know this story of 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 the of Lazarus, Lazarus being raised from the dead, and we're talking again about the answering of unanswered prayers. The answering of unanswered prayers. Um, it's interesting because this story that we see here, it's a very familiar passage of scripture for those of us who've been in church any amount, length of time. And, and I, won't, I won't give you the foretelling of the story because I'm going to go deeper past verses 6 uh, in the message. So if you haven't heard it, don't feel like you're going to be left out. I'll be sure and catch you up to speed in just a moment. Uh, but for a lot of us, it is a very familiar passage of scripture um, but if we only read through verse 6 of chapter 11, it would appear as though Jesus, though he knew the need, did not want to do anything to help. It would appear as though, though he knew the need, he didn't want to do anything to help. If you just stop at verse 6. Verse 5 says that he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But verse 6 says that when he had therefore heard that he was sick, he stayed put for two days in the same place where he was. I don't know about you, but you can act like that don't perplex you, but that's perplexing to me. That's confusing to me. He loved them. And you mean to tell me because of uh, his love for them, he failed to act upon their request to come in their time of need and heal this sick man? It's interesting when we look at this that we got to take note of something very interesting. And that is... Don't miss this. God has a way of answering in time what we believe to be unanswered prayers. Let me say that one more time. I said God has a way of answering in time what seems to be unanswered prayers. Okay. Y'all acting real funny over here, so I'm going to talk to these people over here. Anybody ever prayed for something and it seemed like that prayer was just going to go unanswered? But then sometime down the way, way past, you, you had forgot about the prayer. And you had to be reminded by somebody else that the very thing that you prayed about is the very thing that you have right now. 
You didn't know how it was going to happen. You didn't know how it was going to come to pass. But God in his infinite wisdom saw fit to bring about exactly what it was that you prayed about 15 years ago. And though it, only, and though it took 15 years, you cannot say that God never answered your prayers because you today have exactly what it is that you prayed to God for. We have to remember that time is just a module that God created for man to dwell in. God is not located in time. He sits in eternity. So he's not regulated by time. You get frustrated. We get frustrated because it's not happening according to our timetable. But can I just tell you something? God is sitting in eternity and it's like, you, you think it's been five months. He was like, well, it's been about five minutes. I can just let him. Y'all ain't saying nothing for me. It's only been a little while. And sometimes the very thing that you're going through is working in you. It's working in you a far greater. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. God met us in a spectacular way last Sunday. And as I was, as I was done praying for the people and ministering to the people, and God led me to begin praying for, for my wife, and we began to just pray and just thank God for his wonderful working power in our life, even in the midst of some trials that we were going through. And God sent Sister Sherry Bryan and Deacon Mark Bryan over to us, and, and they began to pray for us. And when, she, and when they began to pray, Deacon Mark began to pray, and, and, and then after the prayer, Sister Sherry began, she, she spoke a word into our life. And she said to us, God told me to tell you that suffering is a part of the process. When I heard that, it was like something jolted on the inside of me. Because, let's just be honest, nobody likes to hear that suffering is a part of the process. But in that moment, it gave me consolation that even though it didn't feel good, it was working together for my good. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And so God, who is not controlled by time, he don't care if it's 11.05 and you need something to happen by 11.15. Because even in the moment where you feel as though it has not been answered, we know that he will answer unanswered prayers. We know and we know how he did come through for them. And watch this, not in the nick of time, but long after time had passed. See, 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 see we got to realize, we got to understand that sometimes God would do things because he needs everybody to know that nobody could have done this but the Lord. <laughs> so this morning, I'm going to preach on the account of Lazarus and his sisters to help us see how God will indeed answer unanswered prayers. Are y'all with me this morning? I think there are some things that we can notice from the story of Lazarus. Some things we can notice and sometimes we can read this thing too fast that we miss out on some very important 
points. I think the first thing that we notice is that there is a feeble friend, a feeble person, a feeble person. Look, look, look back at verses 1 through 3. It says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with a fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Uh, it's interesting to note this too, uh, that when he begins talking about or pointing out that Mary, that that instance of her anointing Jesus' feet with oil and washing them down with her hair, that instance really hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened yet. But by the time that John began to actually pin the book, he draw a distinction by calling out what it was that she was known for to identify her and to make sure that no one would get her confused with any other Mary in the Bible. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Let this be a mark and let this be a teaching for you in a moment that there, there needs to be something that uh, distinguishes you from any other person in your life. There needs to be something that distinguishes you from any other person in the body of Christ. The very thing that distinguished this Mary was her worship. Is your worship at a point to where it is a distinguishing mark upon your life? Is your worship at a point to where it is something that is out of the ordinary, that, 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 that they will begin to identify you. Oh, oh, that's the worshiper that fell down and poured all that oil on his feet and began to wipe it with his head. Oh, that's the worshiper that don't mind dancing when it's time to go forth in, in praise and worship. Oh, that's the one that don't mind kneeling at his feet. Oh, that's the one that don't mind just giving him his all because he's worthy of all the praise and worship. Touch somebody and say, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. Not only was it just a feeble person, but we have to understand this was Jesus' friend who was sick. I think this should bring us some encouragement as well to know that just because you're a friend of Jesus don't mean that you're not going to encounter trouble in your life. Y'all can sit there like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Just because you are a friend of Jesus doesn't mean that sickness and death Sorrow and hardship, trouble and pain won't come to you. Because I read in the Bible, in the book of John 16, at the 33rd verse, he says, in, this, in the world ye will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Just because you may have some trouble, you can be of good cheer because you got Jesus on the inside, and greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. We are not promised a life free from trouble. But we are promised a God bigger than our troubles. Has anybody ever experienced a God who is greater <laughs> than our troubles? Not only do we see a feeble person, but we also see a fervent plea. Look at verse 3. It says, therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, I got to be honest with y'all. I, 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 have, I have been in church all my life. I, I have been in church all my life. And, and uh, out of all the years and all the messages that I've heard about Lazarus, 
Lazarus being raised from the dead. Um, I always thought that it was the sisters that went to Jesus. Uh, and I asked my mom, I said, Mama, did you know that wasn't the sisters? She was like, yeah, I knew. And so I felt real stupid at that point. I felt real dumb, real, real, real dumb. And y'all probably looking at me like, how, how are you going to be the pastor? You didn't know that they sent. Well, I just didn't know. <laughs> and that's all right. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Watch this, verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. Let me just stop right there. Did y'all catch it right there? There is a prescription that when you are sick, that the, the Bible, the, not, not, not me, this is not, this is not for me, this is what the Bible says. This is what the scripture says. If there be any sick among you, do what? Call for the elders of the church. Let me just get on my pastoral soapbox for a moment. Let me tell you something. And I'm not just saying this for me, but any of our pastors, any of our deacons, any of our leaders here at the church, you should not be three and four days up in the hospital and don't nobody know. What's the benefit of being a part of a spiritual family if in your time of trouble you can't call on somebody and let them know, hey, I'm sick, I'm in trouble, and I need help? As with any prescription, it's important to administer as directed. And if you follow the biblical prescription, I believe we will experience biblical results. In this passage, they sent for Jesus. So let's just examine that. They sent for him. That means there was a messenger. If I'm, if I'm sending word to Mother Lorraine and I tell Pastor Eli, go tell Mother Lorraine this. He is the messenger that's carrying the message to her. They sent for Jesus. That means there was a messenger. It's interesting to note that the messenger has no name. The messenger uh, receives no great medal for his labor. 
he is not even mentioned, but without him, none of the rest of the story is even possible. No doubt he himself saw the pain of Lazarus, the pressure that the sisters were under, and the magnitude of the situation. And he said to them, hang on, I'm going to go get Jesus, and everything is going to be all right. <laughs> oh, y'all. He knew Jesus, and he knew how to get to Jesus. He was certain that Jesus would help, and he had certainly called on Jesus before. I don't know about you, but I want to be this kind of messenger. <laughs> They don't have to know my name. They don't have to give me a plaque or a trophy to put on my office wall. They don't even have to mention me. I just want to be known as a man who knows how to get to Jesus. Is there anybody in this place that just wants to be known as a person that knows how to get to Jesus? That when somebody else is in trouble, they can call on me. And I don't know how the answer, but I know a man who has the answer. And his name is name is Jesus. Now remember, Jesus being fully man heard the messenger, but also being fully God, he heard the sisters. Well, he, well, he wasn't there. No, he wasn't there, but that was his divine side. He he heard the whispers at the bedside. He heard their tears falling from their cheeks. He heard uh, the feelings that could only be uttered in their heart. He heard the breaking of their hearts that could not be put into words. He heard the doubt and the frustration of the sisters. And he felt the pain of Lazarus. Can I just tell you something? You may not be able to see him in the fog of the storm, but he sees you, he hears you, he feels you, and he feels the same pain that you know. Might I remind you of the lines from the famous poem that I'm sure many of you have read a time or two in your life. It says, one night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes of my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one belonging to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. And I noticed that many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never 
ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you in the toughest moments of your life, in the saddest moments of your life. You think you're alone, but let me just tell you something. God, is that's a moment where God is carrying you through the midst of the storm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I prepare us a table in the presence of my enemy, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I got two angels following me. They twins, y'all. And goodness and mercy followed me all the days of my life, and I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever, ever? Forever. Not only do we see a feeble person and a fervent plea, but we also see a failed prayer. <laughs> a failed prayer? Hmm. Look at verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It seems like Jesus understands the situation. And it also seems that he has purposed to take care of everything. But when we get to verse 6, it almost seems like he has forgotten. Or better yet, he does not understand the urgency of the situation. That their prayers simply been ignored by God? Had he just chosen not to answer? As they watched their brother die, they must have thought that they had just prayed an unanswered prayer. But I got to let you know that Jesus does understand. And he has not forgotten. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Can you just be used as a minister of God this morning? Just touch someone next to you. Just put your hand on their shoulder and say, God has not forgotten you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten because he has a way of answering unanswered prayers. And we have to remember that he is always going to answer the prayer for the glory of the Father. Sometimes we have to just stop and ask ourselves, Lord, help me in this place. What's going to give God more glory? Healing the sick or raising the dead? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, what, what, see, 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 most of us want to see the miracles of God, but we just don't want it to be at our expense. We want to see God do the miraculous things, but God, don't, don't let it be at my expense. Don't, don't let it be at my cost. Well, let me tell you something. There can be no miracle without sacrifice. Yeah. 
There can be no miracle without sacrifice. Every miracle you saw in the scripture, there was always a sacrifice. Yeah. They needed more wine. Bring them those pitchers. <laughs> Fill them up with water. I don't know. Let me just, let me just peruse my spiritual imagination. Oh, Lord, but there's a shortage in the land of water. You know, there ain't been no rain, and so our wells are a little low. We need all the water we can get. Jesus is saying, are, are you willing to give up your water so I can give you wine? Let me break it down a little bit more. Are you willing to give up your lesser for his greater? I know it might be what you need right now, but I got something that's going to that's gonna blow what you need right now away. Matter of fact, it's going to take care of what you need right now and what you're going to need five years from now. It's going to take care of what you need right now and what you need 20 years from now. As a matter of fact, if you just sacrifice to me right now, what I'm going to give you is going to last for generations to come. Are you willing to give up your lesser for his greater? Are you willing to give up your water for his wine? Not only do we see a feeble person, a fervent plea, a failed prayer, but I also see something else. We see a friend postponed. When we look at verses 11 through 17, this is very interesting. Listen to what it said. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend, this is Jesus talking, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Verse 16, then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> there go Thomas. See, y'all thought he was just doubting that Jesus' resurrection. He'd been doubting all his life. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Whew, there's a lot to unpack right here. Because, see, this is a show. This shows us how Jesus was delayed. And by the time he comes to Bethany, Lazarus was in the grave four days already. Four days already dead, already in the grave. It almost seems like we see a lack of faith 
I was talking with Pastor Eli this week, and I was going through, and I was just sharing with him. He says, man, it seemed like there was lack of faith because he already said that this sickness was not unto death. And so he sent that word, and at the point of Lazarus dying, instead of trusting in the power of Jesus' word, they just said, well, Jesus must have been wrong. And they went on ahead and just put him in the grave. Not realizing that he had already spoken that I am the resurrection of life. And so even if a situation seems like it's too far gone, if Jesus sent the word, if he didn't already said and pronounced his word over the situation, he is able to bring it to pass no matter how bad it looks. He was in a grave. Four days. Said he was in a grave for four days. So he very well could have been dead longer than four days. He was just in a grave for four days. The fact is, they had been waiting on Jesus to get there for a long time. But remember, he may not come when you call him, but he's always going to show up right on time. Sometime he is greatly delayed in his coming, but he comes in his time for his glory and works things together for our good. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> Did y'all catch that this morning? He's going to come in his time for his glory. But ultimately, and he's going to work things out for our good. So we got a feeble person, a fervent plea, a failed prayer, a, a friend postponed. But I also see something else in this, in this passage. We have a flawed premise. A flawed premise. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 says something interesting. It says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> Martha accuses the Lord falsely of failing her. And if we're honest, many of us are no different from Sister Martha. We have many times accused the Lord falsely of failing us. And, and, and don't let Mary off the hook because in verse 32, Mary says the same thing. <laughs> and when you look at the facts alone, they were actually right. But when you consider the truth, Jesus was always there. The facts may say, if you had just come when I told you to come, he wouldn't have died. But the truth is that he was there even before that transpired. And he was there when he physically showed up. He missed absolutely nothing. 
He was there when they set up late at night. He was there when they wiped Lazarus's fevered brow. He was there when they wept and asked God, why, Lord, why? When they thought that Jesus had failed them, he was there for it all. Let me remind you that he was there for you too. Every heartbreak, every disappointment, every layoff, every divorce, every frustration, every setback, every mistake, every mess up, every fumble, he was there all the time. As the old song says, waited patiently in line. He was there. But also notice, like I pointed out, that they both said the same thing, but they said it in two different ways. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Go down to verse 32. Then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Y'all missed it. Let me read it again. Verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32. Then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Y'all missed it. Let me say it one more time. Verse 21. Martha, now when Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32 says, then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha was in Jesus' face, but Mary was at Jesus' feet. See, most times it's not what you pray, but it's how you pray it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Jesus, Jesus wants to know, listen, where is your heart? How is your heart positioned in the moment of your greatest adversity? Are you coming to him with these, with these bold demands of, Lord, you know, you, you said you loved us and this, was, this is your boy. You should have been here and he wouldn't have died. Martha came like this. Mary came like this. In the posture of worship. In the posture of prayer. In the posture of total submission to the will of the Father. And even in the moment of her, of, of her posture, she still conveyed the truth and the authenticity of her heart and she conveyed to him what she felt deeply inside the Lord if if you had been here Lazarus would not have died and it's interesting to note that Jesus was gracious to both of them Now, y'all know Jesus. 
he never misses out on an opportunity to teach somebody. <laughs> Syrophoenician woman came and said, hey, I want some of that. He said, listen, it's not, it's not meat to give the children bread to dogs. So many other times when things would happen, his, his mother says, hey, Jesus, I need you. They ran out of wine. Woman, my hour has not yet come. He very rarely misses out on, he, he very rarely takes, misses out on opportunities to tell somebody, listen, you, you're crossing the line. good to know that we have a Savior who is so sensitive to the moment that even when Martha came at him wrong, it wasn't a moment for him to come and say, now look here. He recognized the moment and he dealt with her graciously just as though she had come just like Mary and threw herself at his feet and began to worship. Let Jesus' model be a lesson to many of us because most times we feel like it's our responsibility, even when people are hurting, to tell them when they're wrong. Holy Spirit do his work. I told y'all last week, this was this is our mandate. Love everyone every time. No exceptions. No excuses. Are y'all hearing me with today? This is this is the only thing that you don't get any days off. You know, the whole lot of people posting in the gym. No days off. Let me tell you your hashtag no days off is love. Everyone, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, you know, they live in that alternative lifestyle. Love. Everyone, every time, no exceptions. No excuses. You know, but they're living in sin. They over there. Love. Everyone. Every time. No exceptions. No excuses. Well, but you know, they, they just hard-headed. I'm just giving them up. Love. Everyone. Every time. No exceptions. No excuses. You don't have the right to pick and choose who you love. Because why? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. <laughs> Touch somebody and say, I'm a whosoever. <laughs> he loved me beyond my faults. And if you're honest about it, he loves you beyond your faults too. Feeble person, a fervent plea, a failed prayer, feel a friend postponed a flawed premise. But let me give you this last one because I've I've overstayed my welcome. He gave the final proclamation.
Look at verses 43 and 44. It says, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. read where Jesus was talking to the winds and the waves. But now he talking to cloths. He talking to wool. He talking to cotton. He talking to, he talking to linen. He talking to materials. And he's telling them, loose him and let them go. Can I just ask y'all a question? If he can talk to material, don't you think he can talk to your situation and command your situation to loose my son and let him go? Don't you think he can talk to your body and tell your barren womb, loose my daughter and let her go? Don't you think he can talk to you when you're weeping and grieving at night and say, grief, you stay, just stay long enough, loose that man and let him go? I need to talk to somebody who knows they've been bound by some things that's been keeping them down long enough. Can I just tell you something? Zion is calling for you to come on up a little higher because it's time for those chains that seem to bind you to serve only to remind you that at the voice of the Lord Jesus, at the power of his name, they have to loose you and let you go. I need somebody to give God some praise in this place. Because whenever you have a move of God, whenever you have a move of God, he will always come and move in ways that you can never imagine. What they thought was an unanswered prayer, Brother Antoine, turned into an unmatched miracle. They thought it was a prayer that was never going to be answered. And God said, no, 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 no. It's going to be an unmatched miracle. Because Jesus answers unanswered prayers. <laughs> it's remarkable. Martha prayed. Mary prayed. Surely the disciples when the messenger came and brought the word, surely they prayed. The messenger no doubt prayed. I would even, I don't know, I would even venture to say that Lazarus prayed. He was the one sick. <laughs> All these prayers went forth and still seemingly nothing happened. But when Jesus prayed, Lord have mercy. When Jesus stepped on the scene, we got to go back to verses 41 and 42. And we got to look at what it says here. It says, then they took away the stone from the place where he, where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have 
heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus stepped on the scene, things began to happen. When Jesus lifted up his voice and prayed to the Father, things began to happen. We could surely count that all prayers, all our prayers would go up unanswered were it not for an advocate, a mediator, a daysman that carries our needs to the Father. And I'm glad that when Jesus prays for us, God answers unanswered prayers. And let me just tell you something. This is the conclusion of the whole matter. We have the same power that Jesus had because the Bible says that if you ask anything in my name, you can have whatsoever. So when you say in the name of Jesus, it's just like Jesus praying on your behalf. It's just like Jesus lifting up his voice to the Father. It's just like Jesus when you begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet in this place. Come on and give God some praise. Thank him for the name of Jesus. Thank him for the authority of Jesus. Thank him for the power of Jesus. Wherefore he is able also to save them from the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth making intercessions for us. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Look at somebody and say, he's the man. Oh, come on, there is only but one God and one mediator between us and God, and that is Jesus the Christ, the man Jesus Christ. And then I got to give you this last scripture because Paul says it so plainly in Romans 8 and 26 it says likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray as for as, for as we ought but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he that uh, uh, searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God and we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God to them who are called according to his purpose thank God for the name of Jesus. No other name. No other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. <laughs> It's all about Jesus. I just spent the last 45 minutes just to get to that one point. I probably could have came out the gate and said it. 
But y'all probably still been looking at me crazy. It's all about Jesus. It's so much about him that sometimes he will allow things to get so far bad just so that he can bring glory to the Father. And sometimes we miss the moment and we take on that Martha mentality. God, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus deals with us graciously. And he reminds us that I was there all the time. And even in this moment, I'm speaking the word that this thing is not unto death, but it's going to be a testimony that's going to bring glory to the Father. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that brings glory to the Father. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Devin, I, I'm ready for my life to bring glory to the Father. Step one is simply this, making sure that he has your heart. What does having your heart mean? It means simply being born again. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You can be made, yes, you, my brother, my sister, you can have new life in Jesus today. You don't have to wait another moment. New life can be yours today. If you're in this place and you say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I want new life, I want new life in Jesus. If you say, listen, I've never, I've never accepted Jesus into my heart. I, I don't know him as Savior or as Lord, but I'm ready to give Jesus a try. Let me tell you something. There's no better time than right now to make Jesus your choice. If you're in this place today and you say, I'm ready to give Jesus my heart. I'm ready to take Jesus at his word. I want to try Jesus now. Just simply on the count of three, raise your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a personal moment between this person and God. But God wants to make sure that you have an opportunity to accept Christ into your heart. If that's you, on the count of three, just simply lift your hand. One, two, three. Hands lifted. For tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit.